Welcome to In the Car with Black, coffee and conversation, where women reign and iron sharpens iron. Thank you for joining me on In the Car with Black, coffee and conversation. This week we'll be speaking with Julia Dozier. She's an author, an educator, an executive. She's a woman who dreams and does everything necessary to achieve those dreams. So we're going to have a great conversation. This conversation with Julia is so great that this is just part one. She had so many great things to share with us and um, just really inspire us to step out on faith. And so I didn't want to edit it down to a few points, but instead get it all um, because it is all great. So before we get into the interview with Julia, I just wanted to talk to you guys about dreams. What's your dream? What is the dream that you've had in your belly burning for a long time, but have not fully or at all taken any steps to accomplish that dream? Take a moment. Just think of the dream. No filter. Not somebody else's dream for you. Your dream. What it is you want to do. Now. You got it? good why aren't you doing it what's stopping you nine times out of ten it's not a good excuse yes it may be uh what we consider valid you know you may have to go to school there's finances involved in that that's time um you know a lot of us have families and other commitments and everything like that and definitely, I understand and respect that. Still not an excuse. Um, there's ways around that. If you take one class a semester, two classes, you understand? You will still be moving towards your dream. And eventually, you will get there, right? And what happens is, once we start making a move towards the dream, towards the goal, and we start seeing progress, we figure out out how to do the rest so yes this one class may be hard trying to fit in one class okay but after a while you're gonna find that there's a way for you to do two and three classes and get it done you'll find the money everybody finds the money um if you put the, the legwork in right so what what else could be holding you back you're scared People might not accept it. You tried a business before and you didn't get any support from your family, your friends, people closest to you. Nobody shared your post. Nobody bought your items. Nobody liked your post. Nobody talked to you about, talked to other people about your product or service. Did you see your friends posting about others' services and products, but your good friend never posted about you? I get that 100%. So, one thing about black, I am very transparent. 
extremely transparent to the point that people say you tell your business too much or you too honest or you shouldn't have said that they don't need to know but that's not really how I operate and with me being unauthentic and to for me because we know that everything isn't for everyone for me not being transparent is me being unauthentic it's just a part of my nature I don't want to hold anything back because I believe that we are, people are delivered by our testimony. People um, feel like they can go on from my testimony. People feel like, oh, okay, she did that. I can do that. Let me get some, from my testimony. Oh, God did that for her. And I say that because when I listen to other people's testimonies, they're honest, gritty truthful testimonies I get encouraged immediately so I'm a very transparent person so I have avoided doing this podcast for many years I have avoided actively and wholeheartedly coaching for many years because as I tried to put myself out there I realized my friends people that um, I considered to be my core were not supporting me. Um, they wouldn't like my posts. They wouldn't share. They wouldn't subscribe to any of my services. Not even a free newsletter. They wouldn't even sign up like that. Um, they didn't follow me, my business, on social media. They never responded to any of the posts that I asked people for, you know, like, what's your dream or um, what are you doing this weekend? My friends and family never replied. Okay, and it was discouraging, heartbreaking sometimes, and always kind of knocked my confidence down. I allowed it to do that. It can't do it without my permission. I allowed it to knock down my confidence because if the people that love me the most and that I love the most don't think I'm good enough, then golly, I must not be. And that's a lie from the pit. You see, when people see me, they don't see black, they see Jay. Some see Jay, some see Jay Center, um, but they don't see black. They see the little girl that, you know, was in Prospect Park climbing trees with them, or, you know, going from one aunt's house to the next aunt's house, or, you know, Things like rolling down the hills and all that kind of stuff. They see Jay, the little girl that was doing cheers in the projects in Brooklyn and all like that. They see Jay who had a baby young and, and went through some real struggles. Um, but they don't see black. The woman I am today. The coach that I am today. They don't see that. Um, they see things I've been through because as I've said, I'm very transparent. It's nothing for me to hide. Yeah, I did that. Yes, that was my life at one point. Yes, I did that. What's going to happen if I say I did that? Nothing. There's nothing you can do to me. Nothing at all. And there's no reason to lie. My aunt, my eldest aunt, we call her aunt sis, one time said to me, Children lie because they're afraid to be, get their behinds beat. 
Well, ain't nobody beating my behind. So there's no reason for me to lie about who I was, where I was, or even who I am today. And it doesn't benefit me to lie. Because the lie just keeps me from getting to my purpose. It keeps me from getting where I'm supposed to be, where I want to be, where I was destined to be. How? Because if the past is something, is there, if there is something negative in my past that I am too ashamed to address, how do I learn and grow? How do I put that to bed and keep going with my life? No, that thing is nipping at my heels every day and it's telling me things. And if it's a negative thing that I feel that I have to hide, it's telling me negative things every day. It is saying you are no, not good enough. You did this. This is who you still are. All of these things that are not true. They're not. So with power and with pride, I will tell you anything about me I'm not ashamed I used to be now I say that very I'm not ashamed very powerful right now don't I but baby there was a time nothing about me was powerful nothing and it was because I could not claim myself because I was embarrassed it was because I couldn't claim myself because I was ashamed so, when people see me, they see the old me, the growing up me, the me that made bad decisions at one time. But what they don't know is that black has grown, not only grown from those decisions, but she is able to help other people who are at a crossroad at these very decisions. So... They don't support me. They don't know black. They don't know my capabilities. Uh, and truthfully, a lot of people in our circle, in our family, they don't want to get to know. You understand? Um, because it is more believable that the other person is spectacular and not the one close to us for a lot of people. Now, me, I'm the opposite. Everybody in my circle is fire. All my friends and family, they're fire at whatever it is they're good at. So, if I have a cousin that's a mechanic, which I do, and you need mechanic services, that's the first person I'm going to refer you to. If I have a cousin who owns a hair salon, which I do, and you want to get your hair done, you need your natural hair taken care of, I'm going to refer you to her immediately you understand um if you need some christian counseling and i have to say christian because this person is a pastor and all her counseling is christian if you need christian counseling that's what you want um i'm gonna refer you to my sister okay sure there are many of them out there millions but i'm gonna refer you to my sister first okay and, and and everybody can't do that. And it kind of stems from also 
them not believing in themselves that they could be great so how could the cousin the sister the friend that we all grew up together in the same place in similar circumstances how could they be great if i'm not great when the truth is you've been great all along you just don't see it right and so we tend to project that so if you have this dream and this goal and your friends and your circle and the peace they're not supporting you you have to still do it so i made a commitment when i started in the car with black because i was supposed to do this years 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 ago um and i would just put it off because i wasn't nobody was supporting me i wasn't good enough uh Maybe what I thought I had and what strangers saw in me wasn't real. It was a moment. It's not a moment. I cannot have 20 years of moments. No, baby, I'm good at what I do. I'm good at coaching people. And I do it every day, everywhere I go. Strangers. Hey, can I can I say something to you? Excuse me, may I tell you something? Oh, baby, don't do it like that. Because this is the result you'll get when you do it like that. But if you do it like this, you'll get a better result and get exactly what you're looking for. Okay? You're better than this. Yeah, that's me. I'm that lady at Walmart, at Target, at Bilo's, wherever we at. That's me. I'm that lady. Um, so... I had to work and get past what others thought because I thought what they thought of me or couldn't see in me had to be true. And it is not. So when I started, I made a commitment. I said, I am going to do this podcast a minimum of a year. I'm going to put out a new episode every Friday if I get zero views. I made the commitment to myself. And I'm going to be honest with you. I thank God I made that commitment. I am so grateful I made that commitment. Why? Because I am enjoying this journey. It's difficult. It is challenging. Um, truthfully, what people would consider the proper um, tools to start a podcast, and oh, I don't have it. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't, and I'm okay with that. I am truly okay with that because you have to start. You have to do it. You have to start, especially if you've been procrastinating as I have. Just put yourself out there and make the commitment. Make the commitment and do your research. What are the best? So for me with the podcast, what are the, how do I get my podcast to all of or most of the streaming services that carry podcasts? What's the best ones? How do I how do I do that? What's the best uh, equipment for me to purchase as I'm moving along in my journey? Exactly how do I want this to look, feel, sound? What is the goal of, of, of my podcast? You do all of that, but you keep going. You have to continue to advertise. There's a lot of 
um, free resources or you can hire someone to help you figure out how to advertise your product or service on social media, um, on the internet. But social media is the biggest to me, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and where that relates, hashtags are going to really do it. And sometimes you may hashtag, have to hashtag things that have nothing to do with what you're doing just to get you into in front of a different audience. You understand what I mean? But you still have to do it. And we have to work around the circle. It's not that the circle don't love us. It's not that the circle isn't um, out friends or family. But they can't see it. But you cannot, we cannot allow anyone to stop us from living in purpose and accomplishing our dreams. It is just a big thing that um, when my friends or family start a business, it's a big thing to me because it takes a lot of guts. Uh, it takes a lot of planning and patience and time and money, you know, faith. It takes a lot to start a business. So with that being said, you have to Oh, you should. I can't tell you what to do, right? You should put out the seeds that you want to harvest. You know you want to start a business, right? And your friends, your friend, she started her business a year ago. You haven't shared one post. You haven't commented on her post to help get them out in front of people um, because you know the more that the more replies a business or a person has on their post the more readily available it's made to social media maybe you didn't but it is um, the more loves or laugh icon not necessarily like but love like all that stuff the more it will get in front of social media eyes right but you haven't done anything to support this person. You haven't bought a t-shirt. You haven't recommended them to make somebody a t-shirt. There's nothing, just nothing. But you have this business in your belly that you, you about to take this step. I would suggest that you start supporting other people. Plant those seeds. Because we know that seeds that we plant, that's what we're going to harvest. Right? Plant those seeds. Because here's the thing. That person may not be the one to support you either. But because you planted seeds of support, you will receive support. And it may be from strangers. It may be from unlikely people. It, it, you just never know. But you have to plant those seeds. What you want, that's what you have to put out. Okay? Um... You're about to start this business. You've been planting seeds of support and and all of this stuff. But there's a nagging voice saying, if this ain't gonna work, this ain't gonna work. Um, so I, I'm I'm on TikTok. I was never on TikTok, but we all know grown folk done got on TikTok during this pandemic. 
it is the thing that I do when I just need to zone out TikTok, right? So they had this trend that said, girl, don't do it. I'm not going to do it. Girl, don't do it. I'm not going to do it. Girl, don't do it. I'm not going to do it. I did it. That's what you need to be doing when your mind is telling you, I'm not, don't do it. And you going back and forth, back and forth. Click the button anyway. Hit submit anyway. And then tell your mind, I did it. Sometimes you got to push and run. Push, run, hide in the corner and watch. But you got to come back and push again. On the schedule that you've already set for yourself. But you just have to do it. Take one step. Take one step. Take one step. Today, take one step. Even if it's just getting information. Take one step. You deserve to live your purpose. You deserve to accomplish your dreams. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be proud of yourself. You deserve to be the curse breaker of your family. You deserve to build legacies for your future generations. You deserve it. You. Yeah, you. You deserve it. No one better than you. Who? Who's better than you? Name them. Right, you can't. Because there's no one better than you. And no one absolutely no one can do what you do you make t-shirts they make t-shirts they don't make them like you make yours they don't use the shirts the quality the, the vinyl they don't use all the things you do the way you do they don't have the sass for the sayings like you do yeah they got some nice ones i ain't gonna hold you they got some nice sayings but it ain't yours they don't have your pricing your detail your 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 deals they don't have that they don't have your customer service, your quick shipping. They don't have that. There's nobody like you. And you don't have theirs. Let me say that. You don't have theirs either. And every everybody isn't a fit for everything. So there's nobody like you. And there's nobody better than you. And nobody deserves it more than you. So today, I want you to really... Make a commitment. Can you do that for me? I know we might not know each other. But I need you to come in agreement with me today. That today you will take a step towards accomplishing your dream. Whatever that dream is. We got a deal? Thank you. All right. So let's get into the interview with Julia Doja and let's chat it up. Thank you again for joining me um, on In the Car with Black. Today we have the very beautiful, articulate, um, <laughs> Poetic, <laughs> Julia Doja, um, author, woman extraordinaire, 
uh, with us. You're gonna find that uh, Julia has a lot, a lot going on, and and I told her if 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 uh, I could relate to her in a social media term, she is um, if stepping out on faith was a person. That's what she to me. Welcome, Julia. How you doing? Thank you so much, Jay. That was an amazing introduction. Um, I claim all of that. Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So I, I've, I've given them the overview, the overview. Um, tell us just a little bit about who you are right now in your life, because you, we can't talk about everything you've been. <laughs> um, well, well, who I am right now and what I'm doing right now is I'm really living my life according to the purpose I believe God has instilled in me. Um, and I think throughout my journey, throughout my past, every situation that I have encountered has given me the opportunity to experience the skills and the approaches that I'll need to be successful in, in my current in my current venture. So I'm very excited to be living according to his will, finally. Um, and, and that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing now. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you come from that, uh, beautiful state and one of those amazing five boroughs of New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> down Bronx all day. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, second best, second best, but, but you know, I digress. Um, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your educational journey. Um, it's it's an amazing journey, I think, and not, you know, just because it, it has been my own, but because I, I believe there are many other people who have had uh, a similar a similar journey. And it's just so amazing. So I was born and raised in the Bronx and I was um a bit of a troubled student. Uh, I think people, what people know me now would not imagine, you know, that I used to cut classes and, you know, hang out with friends and things like that. But anyway, a troubled student. And I ended up dropping out of high school in the ninth grade. And that was an economic decision. So I decided to um, work so that I could make sure I could provide myself with the things that I needed and I and I wanted. And that lasted from maybe the age of 14 to probably about 18. And I was very blessed to um, find an opportunity um, at a fish market, an upscale fish market in Chelsea and met a young woman by the name of Dawn. And my responsibility was to work behind the fish counter while Dawn was working in the accounting, accounting office. And I wanted to know how she got there. And so she explained to me that she um, was studying accounting at Virginia State University and that um, this job, which was at this upscale fish market um, in, in Manhattan, was her summer her summer job so that she could apply what she was learning and contribute and get experience. And it was through her example that I decided that I wanted to go to school. I mean, why why uh, be scaling fish when you could, you know, be working on numbers? So 
Right, right, right. She was my my first role model and the first uh, time I was inspired to achieve more for myself educationally. And I think immediately after that, I went back to get my uh, GED. And then Mm -hmm. right after I was in uh, Virginia State University, actually, um, but I was not successful. There's a certain discipline to to education that you have to acquire in order to be successful in school. And I had not had that discipline because I was out for so long. So I ended up, you know, dropping out. But at the age of 27, I was really, really hungry to get my education. Um, I was living in Connecticut at the time and I was working at an office and I have really revolutionized how the office was conducting their business. But when it came time for salary evaluations, they denied me a quarter raise because I guess they didn't like me, but in retrospect, it was what I needed to get me motivated to get my uh, college degree. I really felt like I did not ever want to be in a position again where someone could tell me no. And I always wanted to be able to seize my own opportunities and seize my own economic security. So that got me back to New York and back at uh, Borough Manhattan Community College and then on to Hunter and on to Nyack. And um, once I decided I wanted it for me and I was clear on why I was doing it, I was very successful in school. Nice. So that denial um, was actually a push. Yeah. And so, like one of those things we say, every um, bad thing isn't always a bad thing. Absolutely. And that's actually how I perceive everything around me um, in my life at this time. I think I've matured to understand that if I'm trying to pursue a path and I experience a barrier or a roadblock, usually from other people, from whatever the reason is, I know that that's not the course that I need to take. I redirect and I just keep moving. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, when you and I met, uh, you were at BMCC. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> um, we met through a mutual well she's not an acquaintance she's like my uh, my right hip mm-hmm. um, and um, I, I remember my first impression <laughs> I was hoping we weren't going to go here but let's go <laughs> <laughs> oh Felicia who is this bougie Dominican woman <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh and I was wrong on both <laughs> accounts how about that right you know um, I am I know your listeners are not able to see me but I am a fairly light skinned black woman um, and this time that we're facing right now in terms of race relations has been extremely uncomfortable for me. Um, Not taking away from anyone else's experience, but I know that there is this avatar 
um, this external person that everyone sees and, and they, they tend to make up ideas or, you know, thoughts about who I am as a person and they don't know that. Like on the inside of me, I have like a 10 inch afro. <laughs> I got my right fist bumping, like I'm, I'm black all day. You know, and it's it's been challenging to kind of express my my views and my feelings as an African American woman, and not necessarily looking like one. Um, it's also it's I, I'm living in Virginia now in an area where the racial make, uh, makeup is probably about. 40% Caucasian and 60% African American and I am a revolutionary at heart so I walk into Walmart with my um, melanin popping since 1973 shirt on <laughs> and, <laughs> and I you know I cause confusion for everybody but that's cool with me like I'm, I'm solid about who I am and I'm clear on the fact that who I claim myself to be and what my identity is as an African-American woman living in the United States. So I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Right, right. And see, that's the thing. Um, so you, 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 you took me to a, another episode that um, I am um, going to have about race relation, mm -hmm. but um, from the standpoint of different black people mm -hmm. because all of our experiences are different right. so are a very fair black woman i am a very dark black woman mm -hmm. um and so um all of our lives coming up i'm certain you know our um interactions with people even black people mm -hmm. have been extremely different right you know um so for me in the times that we're in, I know when that racist person sees me, when the person who is determined to be ignorant sees me, they see a black woman and they're already are ready to go. Do you when they see you, they already see a black woman or are they feeling you out? I would say I have experienced a balance of the two. And I would say mostly in my professional life, I've experienced the challenge. So I know you've heard the term um, light-skinned privilege, mm -hmm. which is really not a, a, a privilege. It's, it's kind of a curse. So, um, on the one hand, in, in my professional experience, I have been welcomed into uh, meetings, projects, boardrooms, because there is this perception that I might be less aggressive, if you will. Right. However, when I sit to the table and I express my thoughts right. and my opinions, <laughs> they're like, what? <laughs> and I, I already I express, oh, she's black, 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 black. So, 
so I um so I have had to learn how to temper um unfortunately my intelligence and my passion and my leadership to make sure that I have a voice at the table on right. on the other hand unfortunately I have also experienced a lack of inclusion from my sisters who might be of a different complexion from me and believe that I'm receiving opportunities that they're not, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's very disheartening because it's like, we're all in this together. And, and the way that I operate is if there is a table for us to sit at, I want us all to sit together. So if I happen to be at the head, you know, my idea is how do I get us all there? Um, But that's not been the experience that I've had and I'm okay with it. I try to understand that um, it's not necessarily personal, but it's a universal um, experience that we have where we're not only separated by those outside of our community but also within so I just try to be compassionate and 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 forgiving of that right well you know what those people don't realize is that while you may be sitting at that table um you're not from my experience with you you're not so concerned about that table because little do they know you at the house building I'm building tables. For, I'm trying to build tables for us all. That's that. That's what right. I'm always trying to do. And I have to say, I've been extremely blessed that the positions that I have had within my career have allowed me to mentor, coach, and guide young Black professionals to achieve the positions they want. Because to me, I see it as an opportunity to fulfill your God-given talents in in your work life and to also secure some economic uh, progression, which is, Mm -hmm. which is necessary, which is necessary so that you can, you can feel fulfilled in your work and also feel fulfilled in, in your life. And, you know, they talk about work-life balance, but that's what, what it really should come down to that you are able to enjoy what you want to enjoy in both, aspects of the of of that those parts of your life right so that makes me um that puts me in the mind of when i worked for um black mm-hmm. planet remember i used to be the manager of customer service mm-hmm, there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we had um what they called moderators and they hired them as independent contractors mm-hmm. um uh we won't go into the fact that they really were employees because the way we handled them, they didn't fit the independent contract environment. Right. Uh, so, but most of them were young black right. people. Guys and mm-hmm. girls, right? So I would do the hiring and I would purposely hire the guy right. from the hood. I had no office experience. This dude was selling drugs right. last night. Like straight up, let's just right. be honest, right? Um, and I would, I would purposely yeah. hire him. Um, I purposely hired a girl who worked at McDonald's for two weeks 
and got fired that worked at Burger King for a week <laughs> and got fired. Right. You know, see why these mm-hmm. kids, right? And then um, we would have team meetings and it wasn't much for them to do in these team meetings. It was basically me telling them what they needed to do, um, some changes or whatever. But I was required as manager to give these certain mm-hmm. reports. I started doing is I would do my own report, but I started making them do reports, teaching them how to put it in Excel, and then I'd have somebody keep the Mm -hmm. minutes at the meeting and type them up and send it out to everybody, and they'd be like, "Why do you have us doing this?" And I said, "Listen." As your manager, I want your numbers to look good as a moderator. I want to, I will group to do exceeding, you know, to exceed the expectations that management has mm-hmm. of us. As a black woman, right. I asked to make certain that our interaction isn't just us, me managing you, managing you, and us laughing at the job. Right. As a black woman, I am tasked with making certain that when you leave this job, you'll have a skill set that would allow you to acquire a better job, you know? And so that's what that put me in the mindset of you being able to coach other people um, into increasing their their, their yeah. income and, and, you know, increasing the quality of life that they have outside. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that we are all tasked um, with that yeah. purpose. Um, I think in our community, though, we don't take that task very seriously most times. Um, we want to, um, you know, we got clicks at work or I'm not going to show them how to do this right because I'm not going to give them everything or you know, I don't want them to succeed and I don't succeed. Why? Why do you think that in 2020 we have not broken that? I think it is because there there is this unhealthy spirit of competitiveness where mm-hmm. there are some individuals who believe that if they're not at, at the top, if they're not exceeding above everyone else at all costs, then that means that their value mm-hmm. is somehow lessened. And and it's unfortunate right. because those same exact people who are not willing to share the wealth of knowledge that they have, the worth wealth of experience that they have to make others others better are actually compromising the success of not only their own performance but also of their organization or company's performance. Because the only way that you can improve and elevate is actually through group dynamics. Um, I was very fortunate um, early on in my career to connect with my mentor, uh, Ms. Coles, who saw my potential and was very generous in giving me opportunities to shine. 
-hmm. And it was like, lady, I don't even know why you're giving me this project to manage. Like I've never managed a project in my life. And her, her position was, you're going to learn as you go. And if you have any questions, I'm going to guide you and we're going to be successful together. And it was actually mm -hmm. the opportunity to manage that project that, that she gave to me, which set me on my path to leadership within my organization. I went from a, a data entry clerk to a director of um, seven service units in a matter of 20 years, just on that, you know, that opportunity that she had given to me. And I took full advantage of it. So I think that, you know, we, we have to move to a space where we are stepping outside of that crab in the barrel mentality. And we realize mm -hmm. that there's a, an ocean of opportunity available to us all. And, you know, as we support each other to grow, that we'll experience the fullness of, of, of uh, a better life, not just for ourselves, but for everyone. Right. And so I remember <laughs> the project I remember you being on the project, mm. I do. And I remember you steady moving in that organization. And I remember, you know, being director. I remember uh, calling you when my mm -hmm. aunt needed help with the organization. And I just remember, because, you know, we we, we have yes. uh, sisterhood. Um and people that we are associated with, that we both are associated with, we yes. are sisters. And we encourage each other and, you know, it's yes. all love with us. So as you were moving up, I was like, yeah, my sister, <laughs> my sister Julia is doing blah, 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 right? And then um, I got a call one day, or I called you, but I believe you called me. And you told me the wildest thing I had ever heard someone say, and especially a black person, and especially mm -hmm. a black woman. Uh, Julia, can you tell the people what you uh, told me? Are you referring to me saying that I had resigned from my position? <laughs> yes! The, the position that you were very successful at, that you were not on your third write-up on, um, that you, they were not let actively letting people go or any of those things that make us push us to move mm -hmm. most times. Okay, what were you were yes. shining bright? You said I've resigned. Not I want to resign. Um, I wanted to get fifty opinions on this matter. Uh, she said, I went to God. Went to God. Yes. She resigned. Yes. Um, I think I think my mother was probably more <laughs> my probably my mother was probably more confused about that moment than anyone. Um so right. and, and in that moment when you told me though, let me just say this and then I'm gonna let you go ahead, okay? In the moment that you told me this, this story, because you told me all the, you know, the info, you know how you give each other the tea on what's going on with us. When you told me the story, I, my emotions <laughs> were confused. Because part of me was like, I don't think this woman 
as lost my mind. I gotta call the people and we gotta have an intervention because our system has lost her mind. And then there was a part of me was saying, oh, she bought and I love it. Um, love it. And, and so I didn't know, but you know how we do. That's what we doing, sis. Okay, but I, I was confused, but I still can't even believe that I did it. <laughs> <sighs> but um but there were there were several things that contributed to that. So like I had said initially early on in my career, I had learned that when I begin to face barriers or roadblocks that it's a a a, a notice to me that it's time for me to direct to redirect and as much as I tried to stay committed to the vision of the organization and the mission of the organization, I was starting to see or starting to face challenges to operate in that direction. I'm, I'm, I'm very big on uh, mission statements and vision statements within organizations. Um, I think that, you know, they're, they're similar to guiding principles. And, and so I right. really look to see how an organization is aligning to that because those things generally do not change, right? The vision and the mission. And so mm -hmm. from a corporate perspective, you carry out that vision or that mis mission with the practices that you carry forth. And I was starting to experience like insurmountable challenges it was like okay it's, it, it might be time to redirect but then the other thing is I'm also extremely obedient to the voice of God that I hear and I really don't make a move until I am affirmed in my spirit that that is his voice speaking to me and during that time it was like you need to go and you need to go now and what I've learned over the years is that it's important to be obedient to that to that guidance to that voice How, however you experience it personally it's important to be obedient to that because there is a next place next level next lesson next blessing that God is calling you to and that if you delay if you delay I don't know if you'll still get it or not but if you delay then you miss all of the divine assignment all of the divine connection all of the divine um anointing that's waiting for you if you don't move when you're when you're encouraged to and so i had been right. thinking about it for a while maybe about a year prior to but i wasn't affirmed but at that time the roadblocks and the and the barriers helped me to affirm okay it's time to go and it was the best experience ever it was challenging jay it was challenging jay. i mean i was at the top of my field and now here i am you know living on unemployment and having to make sure that i'm freezing my bread so you know i have i have ample food available <laughs> to myself and just it taught that time taught me how to how to only live off of what I need, and that time taught me right. how to remain faithful in the dark hour. And that time led me to uh, 
educating in a school that I was considering going to when I was younger and 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 really didn't know what options might have been available to me and I was able to make a tremendous impact um, um at that school and it just it turned out to be my greatest blessing to to make that move into and, and to go right right so Right. So with this, what I what I witnessed, um, because we talk, we, we go mm-hmm. through periods of we speak a lot mm-hmm. and then we don't speak for a long time and you know, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. we're adults in life, right? And so what I remember during that time, um, which it, it mm-hmm. felt like me outside looking in that the dreams we're coming back mm. in like mm. vivid color. But this time you had you had mm-hmm. um, the palette in front of you. Mm-hmm. You had the canvas. The mm-hmm. brushes were in your hand. And you started painting yes. every dream. Yes. In it reality. Yes. And that's when (laughs) she done lost her mind turned into like Mm. always Mm. she got this. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was extremely proud of you um, and extremely Mm -hmm. proud to be connected to you. Um, I always feel like the people that we're connected to should be yes. people we can be proud of. You know, I don't want to be connected mm. to people I can't right. take to Josie. You know what I mean? Because, uh, like, ooh, who's doing that at this age, right? Like, oh, I like you, girl, but you can't come to my mama's house. Cause, like, I don't, don't want to do that. I want to be connected to people that I'm proud of, that are pushing me. And, and I always say about you, that sometimes I can I don't mm-hmm. even have to call you I can send you a text and your reply right. will be well exactly. what do I need to pray for right and that's the kind of people we need to be connecting with people who we are con- truly connected mm-hmm. with not that we know each other right. but you know my spirit you know um, yeah. my words you know but even even without hearing my voice, you know yes. she's in a place. Yeah. Or whatever, right? So with that and that sisterhood, how do you maintain your sisterhood? And because I feel like you, you know, you know I got my sisterhood, you know, me, <laughs> me and Felicia. I, and, and, my listeners, I know y'all probably gonna hear Felicia name eighty thousand times every episode because every part of my adult life encompasses mm-hmm. Felicia. Okay, um, in one way or another, and there's plenty of stories that I can tell where she really reached down and was like, "Come on, stupid, 
my responsibility is to answer the call when 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 it arrives. Absolutely, I agree. I agree one 100%. Um, one of the things that we as women, we deal mm-hmm, with a mm-hmm. lot um, relationship stuff, right? And, uh, you know, and I'm not certain, I, I, I feel like all women are told this, so I'm going to just say all mm-hmm. women, and it's not exclusive to Black women, but as women, we are told right. we got to have a man. We got to have a man. He got, no matter what, leave that man alone, girl. He go to work, and he come home mm-hmm. to you, and not leave that man alone. You know, that mentality from, I don't know where, because um, I can't imagine the queen right. in Africa saying, leave that man alone. Um, <laughs> sir, you better not be over there at Queen So-and-So's face looking because I know queens that are warriors from Africa. So right. I know they wasn't going for that. You know what I mean? So I don't know where we got it from, but as women, we're mm-hmm. told we have to have a man, we have to blah, 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 blah. I know that we've all had those moments because that's how society tells us but what I like is that um, even though you're not married um, I'm not mm-hmm. certain if you're dating or not I know that you're not married <laughs> unless you did something that, that we need that to talk about that would have been a <laughs> Right, right, right. Um, how do you deal with the the questions we get? Like, uh, when, why? Just lower your tone a little bit. Lower your standards a little um, bit. I think I, I went through. I went through my stage. I went through my stage. Um, I. I think one of the things that my family didn't appreciate about me is that um, I'm a nerd. So learning and growing and contributing more and more to higher and higher degrees is what's really satisfying and fulfilling to me. Um, and, and they were concerned as well as, you know, friends that were around me. And this was when I was younger, maybe in my early 20s. They were concerned that I wasn't yet married, that I didn't yet have the house, that I didn't yet have the kid. And around that time, I started to see most of my friends in my group getting married, having children. I was like, oh, this is the thing that I should be doing. And I I tried to balance that with dating and also like pursuing my education and climbing the corporate ladder. And eventually I met a young man, fell in love, like he checked off all of the boxes on my list of of what was acceptable to bring home to my mom, (laughs) you know, and and we did get married and and we were in a relationship for eight years. And for whatever reason, Jay, there... I I realized later um, after my divorce that 
that might not have been the best decision for me because I didn't really know what I needed and what I wanted and what was fulfilling to me at the time. And, you know, whether you're in a relationship or not, you need to know those things for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't know those things, but it was only on, like being in the relationship revealed that understanding to me. And so like even now, right? my goal, part of my goal, part of the things that I pray to God about is to bring me a partner who will satisfy the need, um, who will allow me to be their partner in life, but still be able to pursue the things that are fulfilling to me. And it's a difficult balance. Um, when you want to contribute to society, but you also have to take care of home. So it's, it's, um, Absolutely. I don't, I don't, I can't say that I take, you know, pride in being a sing, single woman. What I take pride in is being confident that where I am now is allowing me to pursue the next level of dreams and that, God will does not withhold any good good thing from me. So I guess when I complete my assignment or as I'm I'm on assignment, he'll bring to me the man that will um help me to fulfill God's purpose in an even bigger way, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. And you we'll have to come back on another on another episode um, because I, I, I do want to mm-hmm. talk because mm-hmm. there, there will be a day that I'm telling my story um, yeah. and you know a great part of my story um, and when I'm telling my mm. story I will be having my sisters on with me um, because you guys you, you guys were like you're my hero, okay, you're, my well, hero. you're one of my heroes um, are we, are we praying today? <laughs> are we getting the bat? Which, which one we doing? And, Do I need my um, Bible or so, my Vaseline? Which you know, because either way, I'm good. Kitten <laughs> Hills or Timberland? What we doing? <laughs> And you know, like, 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 real talk. That was uh, uh, my, it, that was my life. You know what I'm saying, my, my, and 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 I had friends that were, even though you guys were supporting me in that relationship, as we're still um, sitting there, like, we're gonna hold you down, but you need to move on. Uh, I'm gonna pray for you, but you need to to, to do something else. This is not acceptable. Uh, you know, it's all good. I'm here for you, but at some point, sis, you have to be there for yourself. You know what I mean? And I thank God because I heard every conversation, um, even the ones that weren't had uh, the look. The night, you know, all of that, I heard it and I thank God for my friends. But 
what I wanted to ask you about is who who were the people that because we always have people that say that makes us that helps us to know this is all right me who I am right now in this moment is all right who was that for you amazing to have someone like that so we're going to say shout out to her because Mm -hmm. um she has helped you to be the woman that we all love and um that we need 
So thank you for joining me for part one of the interview with Julia Dozier. I loved every part of that interview. I can't wait for you guys to hear the rest. There is more incredibleness to her story and what she has to share with us. As a side note, um, but very importantly, I so apologize for the sound quality of the last nine minutes or so. It's something that I'm working on and um, lesson learned, honestly. So I appreciate you if you listened all the way to the end in spite of the quality degradation. Um, but next time, like I said, lesson learned. So I appreciate you for listening. Thank you for chatting it up with us on In the Car with Black Coffee and Conversation. Where women reign and iron sharpens iron. Peace.